This episode is brought to you by Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, listeners of The Crossrip, and welcome to the show for the week of February 20th, 2017. This week it's the calm before the storm. That's right, we have the uh, International Toy Fair coming up here this weekend. We also have some news coming out of Ghost Corps, but that's not what we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> Funny that. We're actually going to talk about uh, important things, like, you know, uh, rental laws. Like, what if you lived at Central Park West when that whole Zool thing happened? Would you still live there? Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! I don't like. It. I don't like it one bit. Uh, you wanna you wanna jump into it? You wanna do this? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, were smart. You should have started hit record with Thomas was here. Oh, oh I got all of that. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use we'll use some of Thomas at the end of the episode. Oh my god! <laughs> I like he was doing like a was that his slimer noise? He was he was making some sort of like creature gibberish, and you're like, you wanna take him upstairs? Oh, that yeah. Well, actually, that's what he interrupted was. The vintage place in the toy room i didn't see it had one of those uh, i think it was the factory it was the it was a big stuffed slimer that i believe was made for for fairs oh uh, yeah, all that sort yeah. Of thing. they had one of him they only want 20 bucks i said sold all right even has go. tags on it and everything and that uh, that was given given to thomas or is that there on the, the couch no. down in your basement no oh, i okay. just didn't care about him enough to <laughs> not let him be manhandled i was perfectly willing to throw him under the bus here take uh, him go go here, to bed take slimer go to bed take you got him. a podcast fine, record. go to bed um <laughs> what else oh and um our nerd block box arrived i don't know if i mentioned that to you but no no they reached out to i believe it was montreal the team in montreal again i don't know how they pick these things yeah but they they reached out to the montreal like well why wouldn't you reach out to multiple teams but for some reason, they reached out to the Montreal team who then let us know that NerdBlock was uh, basically liquidating their Ghostbusters, leftovers Ghostbusters stuff. To which, again, I had to gently explain to certain people, who were like, oh, that's a bad sign. I'm like, no! no. It happens with every bloody yeah. block because they have leftover stuff. So, yeah, Loot Crate does it all the time with all their limited edition stuff. You can buy the stuff you missed out on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, because it's very limited. Yeah. Um, exactly. Five bucks a piece for all the stuff and they had lots of items so let's see yeah, what was in the nerd block I've already forgotten it might have been multiple the- blocks too because there was uh. way too much stuff there they had Venkman apron Slimer like Dash bobbler uh, what else the alternate green cover soft cover oh, Tobin Tobins, spirit guide right? that's right that's where that came from yeah uh, the, the ghost trap style tin like ammo case tin oh yeah yeah that's right uh, what else oh the the car the titans like special 
nerd block car from their uh, Titan, like the mini set or whatever. Jeez, um, yeah. Uh, screen wiping cloth with Vigo printed on it. Um, a whole <laughs> host of cell phone cases, which I didn't bother getting. Right. Uh, just a crap load so, of stuff. It was oh, five stuff bucks slimer. Item, or it was five bucks yeah. just for a box and they threw whatever they no, wanted into no. it? Oh, okay. I wish. It was five bucks a night, but it's still... Gotcha. I'm looking at that's some of them. I'm like, like the dash bobbler. I was like, eh, that's what, maybe two-thirds of what you'd buy it for if you got it in a store. Uh, the book, I'm like, well, that's a pretty good price for the book. So yeah. I got a few Oh, that's a great price for the Tobin's Guide. Yeah. Especially yeah, some the, the variant cover. Yeah. Yeah. The Bankman apron. I was like, that's not on sale for five bucks. That's a 20, 25 buck item in the store, minimum. Hmm. So stuff like that. So they reached out. So BC uh, put in their orders, and I think we got like 300 bucks worth of stuff. Wow. Most of it was me and uh, David Lennon. Uh, <laughs> I asked David, I was like, what do you do all that stuff? Because he only ordered like three or four things, but he got like 10 to 12 of each one, like the stuff. Like, That's like when, you know, we're at conventions and the kids come up, or if we well, go to the children's hospital. I was yeah. like, oh, I feel horrible. Thank you, David. <laughs> I got mine for my, my man cave thinking of other people but yourself i can't I said if, that. if that's what you if that's what you do you should keep track it to be honest the group should pay you back for some of that yeah but, uh, yeah we all we all got a so i got a box of swag i found a slimer that's I awesome pretty good the uh the vigo uh screen cloth that's that's a new one i, I had, didn't see that one or hear about that one but i've actually I didn't, did I. didn't the, somebody at some point was making vigo um mouse pads and I, I can't find them now to save my life. I swear it was maybe it was even like an Etsy thing, but probably yeah. And can't, see the thing is, is once that high res copy of the Vigo painting got out and around, you could do whatever you wanted. That's why all those guys out there have the um, <clears throat> the printed canvas, right? Uh, yeah, the full paint, size quote unquote paintings. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, maybe I'll I'll make my own uh, since I can't find it, but. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. So the, the is that still it's not happening anymore, is it? The nerd block liquidation? It's it's over and done with, I would imagine. If you guys got well, three hundred bucks worth of stuff and I wasn't really in charge. Oh uh, okay. I, I, well, no, because they had numbers next to it and I think they had quite a few pieces on a lot of them. Hmm. Like, cause I th- I think they they get stuff made. Well, that's the trick. Is I, I'd love to know the economics of these nerd block things because you got to strike a deal with the people who own the rights to the thing. You're going to have multiple things in a box. They need a percentage. It's most times it's exclusive stuff, which means it's being made, probably being made by you or in conjunction conjunction with the people who like if yeah. it was a Funko thing. So Funko will get it made, but your price point will be decent, but yeah, it's, it's not still a limited run. Insane. So it's not going to be. Yeah. So no matter what, everything that gets made needs a, a minimum run or just the, the, you know, the, the math doesn't work out, right? Like it's just not worth it sort of thing. So then you got to think that's why they advertise them so heavily. Cause my impression is that they probably set themselves up to be able to sell, I don't know, 5,000 boxes, 10,000 boxes. I yeah. don't know, but that means that at the amount of stuff that they're moving, they've got maybe a thousand of each item left over. Do you, you know think that mean? they do they order multiples in case you know somebody gets one and it's broken or it's like the 
yes. with loot crate. They're like, oh, the t-shirt doesn't fit or whatever. Yeah, or you get it and something's broken and all that, and they and they have to replace it. So yeah, which would also explain why the numbers are off. Like, because they sent yeah. a spreadsheet and said, "Here's all the stuff we got left." And again, those numbers might have been because they were already starting to liquidate to people and stuff like that. But also probably to do with my thing was broken. Well, here we'll send you another. Yeah, here's one. another um, one. But at the end of the day, it means there's a bunch of stuff left over. So, hmm. no, so yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have known. I would have I would have gotten in on some of that, but that's all right. Ah, shit, man. We were just, before we started recording, we were talking about how we have too much stuff, and I have way too much stuff. That's where it's, <laughs> like, when the loot you know crate what? arrived and my t-shirt was too small, I was like, that's eh, fine. I'll give it to somebody who it fits. <laughs> like, I don't need you know that what? t-shirt. Here's what we'll do. I'll send you the list. If you see anything on it that you're like, yes, absolutely. Actually, start with, is there anything you want? Yes, absolutely. That happens to be the, the Tobin Spirit Guide. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I got extras of those, All so right, okay. you don't have to worry. I'll send you one. All right. Um, but if there's anything you're like, yeah, I want one of those, I can, I can, like I said, I can talk to the Montreal guys yeah, we'll, to yeah, we'll figure it inquire out. if they're still taking them. In which case, yeah, we'll we'll buy a few more and yeah. ship them to you. And, and hopefully, the listeners out there, you know, maybe you guys caught on to it. Maybe I mean, I am. I've been described as aloof. All right, I'll take it. I understand. I'm a little detached. I'm a little remote sometimes. I. Uh, I probably just didn't know about it, and that's okay. But uh, you guys probably are all keen to it, and I am not, and that's fine. I understand. No, no, you know what? It's my fault. I don't think it was publicly announced. Like I said, they NerdBlock reached out to the Ghostbusters groups. Oh, oh, oh! So this was not like when Loot Crate is like, "Hey, we're putting these back up on our website no, uh, one time only." This oh, was them contacting okay. groups uh, individually, it. and like I said, that was the mystery because they didn't seem to talk to every group. Like, huh. but as it turned out, one of the groups that you know we run in, well, we're all Canadians, so. Okay. Yeah, you guys all know each other, right? You got the, they got that cool yeah. prime minister and, yeah. <laughs> and and ketchup chips and, and ketchup chips. <laughs> I I put, posted a gif I found of somebody who's like uh, Canada watching the U.S. news, and it's a clip from somewhere. It's a guy standing in his uh, living room window, like the curtains closed, but he's standing. Uh, between the curtain, like he's in front of the curtains, between the curtains and the yeah, window, yeah. With, with a bag of uh, um, uh, ketchup chips and just sort of, you know, staring, jamming them into his face. And I, a couple of guys like Utah and Florida were like, ketchup chips. And I was like, <laughs> send me your address. Yeah. We don't have, we don't, we're a, what you might call a cultural mosaic here, which means when people ask, what's a Canadian dish? It's like, we kind of get, poutine and kind of stop and that's yeah yeah uh Ket- ketchup chips yeah. are kind of unique though i don't feel like that's that, it aside from japan exactly. maybe that has the ketchup chips no, but, no exactly uh, that's that's yeah. if you had but if you expanded it out to like certain pros like canadian items not dishes yeah ketchup chips is like the canadian ambassador of savory snacks yeah and don't knock them until you've tried them they're actually quite delicious i'm just gonna say yes that. they have a um Ah, uh, how would you put it? A tart brightness to them is what it is. Okay, tart brightness. It's, That's this is like a wine okay. connoisseur's conversation. It is. It's, okay. There's leather with and a, with, hints of cherry, with a, with a potatoy aftertaste, which would be the chip, <laughs> which is the potato um, chip. Yeah, yeah. It's just dusted, right? Like, and actually, to be honest, it's probably fairly similar. Actually, again, that may be a Canadian thing. You guys have uh, in your movie theaters. You have the uh, shakers for your 
for your popcorn? Some some places have them. You're talking about like the little seasoning shakers that you can put yes. onto your popcorn. Yeah, some some places yeah. down here have them. A lot of places do not. Like the big, um, the chains, the AMC's, the Cinemarks. No, no, no. They just have butter and salt, and you will take that butter and salt and like it. Uh, okay, when they do have it, is ketchup one of them? Ketchup is one of them. It's usually oh, okay. uh, it's like cayenne pepper. Uh, there's like a yeah, it's like a ketchup. No, no wrong, wrong. No cayenne, Jeez. cayenne. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? It's like a. I'm it's probably to... like a white cheddar one. Usually. Yeah, that's that was it. It was probably like a cheese. Yeah, a cheese of some a sort. cheese of some just, sort. But yeah. Uh, not to derail the derailing of the derailing, but uh, that's fine. It's a light introduced... news week. In case you guys haven't noticed, we're talking about ketchup <laughs> chips here at the top of the hour. <laughs> I jokingly on their for their anniversary uh episode uh wished uh, the yes to have some podcast uh, happy anniversary and to get off our turf. But let's be honest, until like Ectoforce comes along, we're gonna slowly encroach on their territory. That's a <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Next week we'll talk about Jaws a little bit. Um <laughs> No, they uh a friend in the States introduced me to like getting the milk duds. Uh, or at the end of the day, anything uh, like little chocolate bite things, and dump them in your popcorn. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you get the that sweet was, and the savory and the oh yeah, that's that that's was the whole a revelation yeah. to me. I didn't know anybody that did it in Canada, and I'm like, oh my god, that's brilliant. It's uh, you kind of feel you feel like you're not supposed to do it when you're like sitting there dumping stuff into the bucket, and everybody kind of looks at you like, what is that guy doing? But uh, you know, it's, it all ends up in the same place anyway. So it does. I'm a little. Um, I think the system needs some refinement because I don't know if it's a uh, like maybe it, I don't know if you Americans finish your bag of popcorn, but I find regardless of the size, I never make it to the bottom of a, a bag of popcorn. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's something mystical about movie popcorn bags that even if you share it with others, you will not reach the bottom of the popcorn bag. So I find if I dump the these chocolate treats in, I'm a little worried that some of them are floating to the bottom. And I was like, how far do I have to eat? Like, <laughs> just to be sure. <laughs> well, then, don't yeah, then lose you're digging any. through the bucket. You're trying to find like the milk duds or the whoppers or whatever, and you're just like yeah. rummaging around and. You find the hole in the bottom and everything's awkward. Uh, and yeah, and again, everybody's <laughs> around you going, what is that guy doing? Jeez, it's all the same. It's all popcorn, buddy. What are you looking for? <laughs> but, but Oh, my God. So backtrack, backtrack. Uh, ketchup chips, nerd block. Where, where did we start? Trudeau. Oh, and me. Yeah, Trudeau, we me are, and collectibles. We're way down the rabbit hole. Yeah, collectibles. Vintage store. Yeah. You were talking about a vintage store. That, that's where yeah, this all I'm going to have originated. to go back. I love vintage yeah. stores. They're hard to get through quickly. Um. It's something about the big cities. They don't retain their stuff. Like, I don't know if it's a hipster thing that they get cleared out really quickly. But if you move outside, even just a little bit outside of a major metropolitan area. Yeah. Uh, it can't be small towns. Small towns don't often have a lot of stuff. But if you can find that point between, and I don't know if that's because people that used to live in the city migrate out to the you know the burbs or nearby townships or whatever, but uh, there's a number of places. Like there's actually uh, Fort something because Canadians what? keep track what? of our history. We, we don't do that. We just tear it down. Might be Fort Langley. Not sure, but anyways, there's a small, a really small township, really cute one, and it kind of, instead of you know dying off, reinvented itself as a surrounded by you know nice little countryside and and 
farms and all that. So they turn themselves into a little summary uh, destination sort of thing. And they have uh, like a block of a couple of, you know, that have the vintage shops or the retro shops or the antique shops all together sort of thing. And I went in one with my family when they were visiting a few years back. Oh, it was brilliant because it was one of the ones that's the entire uh, block of the building. Oh, my God. And that's, no yeah. one person can fill it. So subgroups take over just their area. So I found the guy that was nothing but like glassware. He had two shelves of A&W mugs. Wow. And I don't know if A&W mugs mean anything to Americans. Because like, I know you guys, it started there, but then kind of died off. But in Canada, A&W flourishes. And it's like kind of a childhood thing that they held on to their drive-ins. Like not drive-throughs. The drive-ins, yeah, like, you know yeah, what I mean, with like the car, with the, with the, car side service and that kind of, yeah. yeah. And when you did that, if you ate there, and then later on, you know, some some of the stores still do it too. The the restaurants proper, if you sit, sit in and eat, you got your root beer in a frosted glass yeah. mug. It was yeah. insane. The root beer and floats guy, came in them. I remember oh, that exactly. Yeah. This guy had everything from the little tiny promotional ones that are basically shot size up to like two liter, oh, like a man. piece of glass. It's a murder weapon of a of an A <laughs> and W mug. <laughs> But still, and, I mean, that's, uh, I, I do, I remember that vividly because my dad would always drink, you know, uh, adult beer out of a big, like, beer stein. And then I mm. had my A&W mug and I could sit there and drink <laughs> my root beer and feel cool. And that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, conditioning you for the future. And he was, he was like, drink up, son. This is what life will be like soon. And <laughs> that's he right. was right. It doesn't get any happier. Thanks, dad. You really know. <laughs> It's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, one of my first, uh, vintage store experiences was actually in Canada. I was, and I was with my dad It all comes around oh. here. It's cyclical, but, uh, we were driving what, one of those, like, it was like 1991, 1992. We were driving cross country, you know, summertime. And, uh, we drove up through Toronto, went to the hockey hall of fame. And then we were driving kind of in those outskirts in the, like the suburbs that you were talking about. And there was a vintage store. And, and, and the, the reason that I recall it so, uh, clearly is because I picked up three items from that store because I thought it was the coolest thing. He had all of these like toys and action figures and books and videos. And, uh, but I got a VHS tape of Star Trek, the next generation, best of both worlds, part one and two. Ooh. Uh, I got a, uh, a set of the like PVC, um, Star Wars applause figures, um, and then it was about that time I got an issue of the Star Wars Insider, had no idea that the Star Wars Insider existed at that point, and it was 91-ish, so that was right, right before the special editions came out. So I'm like, oh my god, they're going to have new Star Wars movies coming out, and uh, it just blew my mind. And then there was the whole thing in there that was the Jawa Trader, where you could you know, uh, peruse all of the Star Wars stuff, because there wasn't a whole lot back at, at that point. No. And, uh, yeah. but, and it, just, it sort of opened... It opened my eyes to God. There's these little cool stores everywhere that have these awesome things. It's not like going to Kmart and I'm stuck with whatever's yeah. in the toy aisle. So that was uh, that was that was cool. I think I was like 10, 11. I'm trying to remember when that was. It had to have been when I was like 10 or 11. But they're great and they're really like a fantastic shopping experience because a it's great if you're hunter like if you collect something like Ghostbusters, it's always awesome because you never know what you're gonna find. Yeah. Yeah, and you may not find everything something you know every time you go out, but 
more often than not, you'll bump into it. So even if you don't walk away with it like those loose figures, I was like, eh, I don't want the loose figures. But hey, loose figures, cool. They're, they're there, yeah. They're there. And you get um, that thrill of the hunt a little bit because now exactly. you just, I want the uh, the NES Ghostbusters 2 game in the box with the manual <laughs> and everything. That's oh, on eBay. Eh, it's 25 bucks. I just picked it up. You know, it's, I, it's too yeah, easy. Well, this is the thing. Um, yeah, there's there's the excellent point. Like things in a certain pristine condition, very hard to find. They were always very hard to find yeah. in the world. Oh yeah. eBay kind of filled that void. You can get the thing you want. It's there. If you must have it right away and and don't, aren't willing to wait, and it needs to be in certain condition, it's there. But if you're interested in just wandering around and seeing what you can find. And again, Ghostbusters falls into that category of yeah. it has enough stuff over the years that and stuff that is there's no way to get it in a mint condition, really. I mean, it may exist. I mean, it's like saying action comics. You'll never find it in mint. A couple are in mint. But for the most part, no, they've been beaten <laughs> to hell. Um, Ghost in a Can, which was a Canada only yeah. thing. Yeah. That is a flea market find that that's usually the only place they pop up is every once in a while you mm. find one there. Um yeah, so it's it's I, I like doing it. And the other thing is, is the the price is right. Like I said, yeah, that slimer is twenty yeah. bucks. If I went on eBay, I'd probably get him for a similar price plus shipping. I'm like, no, I found him. He's twenty bucks. Yeah, and you just she's happen like, to stumble across him. Yeah, yeah, she's. I was like, anything goes much. She's like, well, we have this slimer. I'm like, I must see this. And she takes it out. And she's like, <laughs> she he he hangs right. That's a, another reason why he's very much like one of those fairground things. He's got the the the, the loop to hang him from the. From around, you know, around the kiosk, the you know, whatever, yeah. the, the horse the race with the water gun the, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's like, "Yeah, I've been meaning to hang them up, but you know, maybe I'll get around to. If somebody doesn't buy them, I'll I'll, I'll hang them up." And I'm like, "Well, you're not gonna, because I'm yeah. buying them." Well, let me help you with that problem, because <laughs> I'm gonna buy that. Exactly. We then went next door. There was another one. It was for it was a th- like a, one of those charity thrift ones for yeah. some local uh, church or something, and a really well maintained one, which is another strange thing too. So I get in there, and they had a, a toy section, and I don't know how they got their hands on this stuff, but they had a lot of unopened stuff. Like uh, there's, I guess, because they weren't popular, maybe they got you know, yeah, they whatever by the but, crate load pulled stuff uh, over to the yeah. thrift store. They had uh, like Halo action figures and stuff like that. Not not old stuff. Hmm. And I'm going through it, and Thomas found a Trolls um, uh, puzzle. What, like, for, like like the new like Trolls that just came yeah, out. Yeah, Trolls that just huh. came out. For, uh, the unopened, but the box was had a real bad bang in it, and uh, I, like, I guess that's why. But I'm like, well, the puzzle will be fine. He's yeah. he found it. He's like, I'd like this. I'm like, great, grab it. And I look in a like a. It was a wicker basket of just odds and ends, and I, I, it, something catches my eye, and I pull it out, and it's the card game Gloom. Oh, my God. And now, they moved on to their second edition, and I don't know what's changed, but it was a pretty good game on the first edition, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was unopened. That's something you like, would not expect to find in a thrift store, honestly. No, and yeah. I picked it up for 75 cents. <laughs> oh, man. That is a $15, wow. $18 card game. Like, I'm like, holy crap, I'll for take it. 75 cents. You, you, had a, you had a Zach moment. I call, I call him Zach moments because I don't know if Zach listens to the show. Long, long time ghost head who was on the message boards and probably still is. I know I see him from time to time on GB fans. But, like, that guy goes to his goodwill, and he has the – like the well of souls, uh, goodwill <laughs> store. I don't know. How, he always finds like the craziest, coolest stuff at his goodwill. And it's always 
10 cents, 25 cents. Oh, here's uh, a bunch of the the story records for Star Wars and Ghostbusters. And here's uh, all the VHS tapes of the, and, and he just finds it constantly. I don't know how he does it, but I know that's a Zach moment. That's what I like to call him. Yeah. As I enter into my old age too, the thing I like to do now, well, the roses off the bloom, the flowers off the rose, the thorn, Never mind. Every Anyways, rose has a thorn. Where are we going? Every with rose this? has a thorn. <laughs> every cowboy. Sings a sad, sad song. Dust. Wind. Uh, dust. Dude. <laughs> Somebody made a Waterworld reference online the other day that I, <laughs> I had in my Captain America. I got that reference moment. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, – uh, help me out here. Steer me back. Oh, um, God, I don't know if people have a sense of media times, right? Home video was video. Right with the the false start of those the video records. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. The video disc, uh, the video discs. Yeah. Those were a weird non-start that I guess kind of proved that there was a market or whatever. Um, prior to that, the best you could do was like sixteen millimeter and eight millimeter mm-hmm. prints of movies, but they'd yeah. be heavily cut down. Like I, I know guys at some uh, there are friends at the Monster Party. Uh, uh, Matt Weinhold has a uh, a collection of 16 millimeters and the best you could fit on it. So he has Star Wars, but it's just the best bits of Star Wars. They cut out all the, <laughs> it's the, the greatest slow bits. Hits real. Yeah. yeah, basically. So that was it. <laughs> like that was the start of home video. And actually, I think we mentioned this before. We didn't you and I talk about the there was a, for a while you could go into uh, pictures like a uh, photo yeah, processing yeah. places. It was like a rental, and, but it was for like prints of movies, basically. Yeah, yeah, and that you could pick those up for a little while, and then it transitioned over to the video disc. Didn't really take off, and then yeah, the Veda, the Veda, the VHS Beta Wars took off, and off it went. So VHS, I should remember this. So we're talking early, no, because before eighty. Right. It was 4480 because I actually saw Star Wars for the first time on VHS in a friend's. Her dad was the lawyer, so they had all the expensive toys. I would and guess he, like 78 or 79. Yeah. That would be my 78, guess. 78, 79. That persisted up to, let's see, I graduated in 91. I moved out to Vancouver in 97. Still selling on VHS, but that was yeah. also about the time the shift was starting to happen. So whatever that works out to be, like a 20-year period. Yeah, I mean DVD DVD really didn't take off until like ninety eight, ninety nine. So yes. that that's so you start ninety eight, ninety nine years. Yeah. You get to Blu ray by when was that? Twenty ten? Um, shortly thereafter. So like very short. Six or seven, I think was the first Blu ray player. Less than ten yeah. years. And then we got the Blu ray and Blu-ray within, I remember within three years, it went from the premium version of DVDs to the please buy these at DVD prices because either the world was too full of cheap DVDs or streaming was moving in. One or the other, yeah. right? Well, like, and there was, was just, a, like, they were trying to undersell HD DVD too. So there was the, like, Blu-ray is the same price as DVD. HD DVD is more yeah. expensive. Like those, the back and forth marketing that they had to do. Yeah. Exactly. But there's something but, about the Blu-ray because, of course, Blu-ray is high definition. It means you cannot throw any old thing on it. They kind of are, but they need to at least get a half-decent you know, print of yeah. it or copy of it before they'll throw it on a cheap 
Blu-ray. DVD, for its 10-year run, they threw everything oh, on yeah, DVD. Yeah, everything. Because by the end, they'd throw stuff on there. I remember, I still do it, actually. I found a couple the other day. I found a Wilford Brimley and uh, Robert Mitchum made-for-TV movie. Diabetes. From like, like around 81 <laughs> or something like that. They, Yeah, the local Dollar Tree or something had it for like a couple of bucks. I loved those dollar DVDs of yeah. borderline lost, like not <laughs> quite like... public domain things. So now we live in this era that that stuff's gone. So to bring it back around to thrift stores, that's kind of the thing I like doing now is yeah. uh, when I don't have Thomas in tow and he's like, port, going, bye, going. I'm like, if I have time to go in myself, I like to go through the DVD racks and find the oddness. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Or, or yeah, those obscurities. Yeah. The rare occasion that they have a VHS one, find those because those are even some of those have some even more obscure stuff. And I have, I have a perfectly functional VHS. I don't know how. Like I bought it. <laughs> I bought it at a time where it's like I went to the London Drugs and they had exactly one model, and it was fifty bucks, and you took it or you left it, and yeah. I. Took it. Well, yeah, that was you gotta that that last. I think I did the exact same thing. I'm like, well, I think this is the last VHS player that's ever going to be made, so I'll pick it up. And and I don't think I've used it since I bought it, but uh, it, yeah, it's I a once it. a year thing, I'm sure. Yeah. But I have the thirty bucks invested in the uh, the RCA cable to uh, USB. Oh, do some digitizing. Yeah, do some digi- And I've done that to a few, like especially my own. I had a boxes of VHS, and I went through them, and I digitize some old cool old oh, stuff man that's the way to go that's if you feel it's the small things in life you know you feel like you're in a, a pop culture archaeologist going through some of those goodwills out here in la goodwills are not great uh because no they get picked over and the ebay slash hipster crowd is there like at six o'clock in the morning when the place opens and they're just like ah vultures ravenous they take it yeah. all but like i said uh, you kind of gotta yeah. go a little out of the way i look if i crane my head around I'm looking at a box of the real Ghostbusters color forms playset. Yeah, yeah. And I remember exactly where I got it, and I actually got it in a store. And it was we drove out to Vancouver uh, for Lollapalooza in '94. Whatever years, whatever year the Smashing Pumpkins headlined. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Then '94, '95. Yeah. Yeah. So I came out. Uh, small fun fact: uh, myself and my future wife were both there. Probably didn't, within didn't know it, right? A few meters of one another. Didn't hmm. know. Anyways, um, that trip uh, we stayed at a buddy's brother who lived up in what is I now know exactly where it is, uh, closer to UBC. There, there's a bunch of apartments. And uh, before we took off the next morning, I walked around to this corner store. It was a drugstore one of the mom and pop places again best place to find stuff like this they don't exist anymore but and they had in the back just the random selection of stuff on a top shelf that you know those are the places that buy stuff and never get rid of it so sure enough they had like if i'd been smart i should have bought all of them because they had two or three of them but uh, i was like oh my god real buster just called from a place (laughs) bought it took it home again just a offhand little surprise still with you to this day yeah the one i really kick myself over this is me trying to keep our our off hand i'm trying to i'm trying to keep a ghostbusters context so yeah okay. tell me if you're you're bored yeah we got this 
there was a game store down on Water Street here, and my company's office was about two blocks away. And you went in, and again, stuff that they had for years, uh, to the extent that we were convinced that it was probably a laundering front. <laughs> they actually never sold anything. It was just there for show. Yeah, that building didn't do anything. The lower part they sold, like they sold stuff from. It was a storefront, and they had all manner of bric-a-brac. But again, it seemed like they were they were the the kind of place. I found out later they they kind of were the places that they would buy off the guys that would scour. Speaking of those mom and pop places, they'd scour for unopened boxes of stuff that they could then take to this place and they'd sell it. You know, sometimes at collectible prices and all that. Um, but the thing was, is you could stand out on the street and it was a four story uh, uh, building. And you could see junky boxes piled up in the windows for all three floors. Like, it was wow. just storage of crap. And then the lower part, and it closed, ultimately. But, uh, again, it's, oh, God. Hmm. The kind of thing where it was like, I wish I had a bit more of a disposable income, and I totally did not, is they were selling, uh, like, uh, behind the counter, they had shelves of role-playing game books. And they oh, had no. the unopened Ghostbusters real, uh, oh, no. role-playing game. I bought one off them at the pretty penny of, I think it was like 45 bucks or something. Still, I mean, compared to what you have to buy it for now, that's a for steal. Now. But you can understand that. And the thing is, they put one out, and I'm like, oh, it's the... And this is what got me. I'm like, I got, I got to get it. Like, it's the one. It's the only one. <laughs> so that's why I have an unopened copy of it and the one I bought when I actually played the game and all that. And I paid it. I left. We came in the week later. There's another one there. And I'm like, do you have a box of them? And, and the guy's like, setting them out. Maybe. And like I said, I wish I had had the money when they started to close. I would have went in and I said, I will take every single one Just you got because I knew wow. I knew where that price where the prices on that was going but uh, just hmm. just couldn't do it unbelievable that's uh, <sighs> uh, simpler times simpler time that's why we're just sitting here reminiscing and waxing nostalgic also uh, it's a, a light news week so as it's you may have noticed uh, we're a half hour <laughs> into the show here and hey they haven't cut to the news yet well there's only a couple of news items here for you guys hey. this, this week but uh We'll, at this rate, we'll have to move to alternative uh, facts. <laughs> Ghostbusters you 3 me? is coming out in 2009. It, there's going to be a trailer at Comic-Con. I heard it. <laughs> I have it on good authority that uh, they're making a sequel to answer the call. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and there's going to be a trailer at Comic-Con uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Why did you bring him up, by the way? <laughs> My life is perfectly fine before you reminded me of that certain <laughs> certain uh, gentleman. It's I'm I'm sorry to the listeners. It's a bit of an inside joke. There was uh, in broad Cliff's notes, uh, there was somebody who was very very vocal many years ago that Ghostbusters very three, passionate, very passionate. Um, didn't like to use the shift key on sentences and punctuation and that kind of thing. Yes. One of those passionate kind of to excess, yeah, to harmful excess, harmful excess. Uh, but would would continue to insist that Ghostbusters three was right around the corner and there's going to be a trailer that comes out tomorrow. Or I I've heard my buddy who works at the door at the Thirty One Flavors said there's going to be a trailer at Comic Con two thousand eight. You know, and it just that's but, a 
almost a three-year period of him popping up. Oh, man, just constantly. But but the worst part of it was that he would have alternate personas that would show up because it was like on GB fans or in comment threads or whatever. And uh, they would usually be called uh, something like Sony or Ghostbusters 3 from Sony or something like that. Be like, (laughs) that guy is right. It is coming (laughs) out and it will be... You are absolutely correct. And everybody else is a fool, just as you stated. (laughs) And so, anyway, this is a long way of saying that I pointed out to Chris that all of this stuff that's happening with our news cycle right now reminded me of something, and I could not put a finger on it until I just happened to come across that thread again for uh, reasons that should not be explained. I was about to say. And uh, I was like, oh my god, that's exactly... That's exactly what this is like. It's I I say something and I believe it so much, and then I have four other people of questionable background who are like, "I believe you. It is true." <sighs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a much much different time. <laughs> I mean, and and the funny thing was, it everything was founded in actual rumor. I mean, there there was a CG movie that was talked about and yep. possibly in development around that time, and but. You know, not well, to the extent of the, that this particular person was. Uh, you I, know. If I recall back to that period of time, it was that the rumors were there, but it was mixed in with this. There's a game coming, right? Yeah, and it confused right. me. And the more that we found out with the game, the more it confused things. Because, and by the end, I'm still mostly certain that every rumor anybody ever heard about a cgi movie it was about the production of the video game it was the video game yeah because remember those that thing took years to make meaning you know a sizable team of guys all of them nerds themselves with friends and buddies and all that working on various elements all over the place like right down to you know making these you know life accurate models of the original cast you can see how people would draw some. Sure, you know, yeah. They did, and that time it was two thousand nine, so the timing was correct. Um, yeah, yeah. And it just turned out it was more likely it was the video game which came out two thousand nine. But we so. knew that we knew about the video game, and that the the funny thing too is again echoes of of the past repeating itself. Um, he he, and the, the thread that I sent you, he specifically called out the quote unquote fake news. Uh, it was you and me. <laughs> we were the yeah. fake news. That's <laughs> like what is this? Uh. I miss anyway. being called fake news instead yeah. of, you know, a shill. Yeah, yeah. now uh-huh. we're just shills. Uh, we're, we're just trying to keep people informed. But. Yeah, he, the other thing that he was, the first thing he was hooked on was that news item about uh, the new movies getting made and Ben Stiller's involved. Right, right. And I remember that was a, one of the first times I was able to actually draw a line and say, look, this is... Yes, I know this is on a website you trust, but if you look at the byline, it's coming from the whatever World Entertainment News Network or whatever, which is some horrible aggregate, and they have a really sloppy news thing, and they just kind of reposted the the Harold Ramis uh, quotes about, yeah, it'd be great if we did one with like Ben Stiller and all that. These guys are great. Yeah. Just naming funny comedians of the time. (laughs) Exactly. But all the headlines and all that kind of made it sound like it was going. And a lot of places Mm. just re-reported it. And unfortunately it reinforced in some people's that it was real. And I had to, that was the first time I said to him, I was like, I know you're enthusiastic, but unless you've got something, you know, we don't, it's just bad reporting. Yeah. And, and that was 10 years you're ago. You're the bad reporting. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> Prove me wrong. 
and I, yeah, I, I just, it, I can't believe it. Ten, that was 10 years ago. And here we are 10 years and the same problem is still persisting. And it's exponentially <laughs> more difficult with social media, which just relies upon those headlines. And aye, I, aye. My, my favorite, my favorite Facebook, uh, account to follow is stop clickbait. Have you ever followed it? You know that no, one? but I agree with them. Please, for the love <laughs> so of everything holy. They share news items that are on Facebook, uh, but they share the clickbait ones, and then they, they boil it down. So it was uh, – uh, it, it's things like, this 12-year-old boy loves cats. You'll never guess what he does next. <laughs> and it, and it basically, they post that article, and then in their thing it says, he got, got a cat. Stop clickbait. Hashtag stop, stop clickbait. It's all that. It's like number 12 will amaze you. It's like she got married. Number 12 was her maid of honor and a really bad dress. You know, it's like stop clickbait. Like, stop it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so true. But and uh, shortly thereafter, Facebook uh, changed their stuff. You can actually, uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, we'll uh, see if that actually works. I don't know. It gets abused. But yeah, they yeah. have a setting now where you can say this is. Potentially fake. False news. This is fake news. Uh, we'll see. Actually, I want, I, how long before we get, I need to make up some fake news and, and just see to what see happens. if it works. Uh, maybe you should yeah. post that Ghostbusters 3 is coming out in 2009. <sighs> see, and we're see to what the happens. point. What happens on April 1st? Oh, God. I, I think <laughs> all bets are off on April 1st because. Whew. I think Zuckerberg needs to, like, I can just see him standing at the door handing out $100 bills to everybody on that team telling them, take the day off. <laughs> just, you just get back to it tomorrow, but today, yeah, just don't you know, even try. But, uh, just go see a movie. Yeah, Go find a thrift store, buy yourself something nice. And buy, buy yourself a role-playing game. Uh, all right, <laughs> go well, buy yourself something nice. Two paperbacks, dog-eared paperbacks, uh, VHS of that movie you really loved as a kid. Yeah, the two-tape uh, Titanic. You need the uh, the dual <laughs> split on it because every thrift store has at least twenty copies of the two-tape Titanic. And uh, yeah, that's what uh, you speaking need. Of, as speaking of fake news, I like to tell people that uh, the DVD uh, era got a big push because uh, Kenneth Branagh didn't want his Hamlet on eight VHS tapes. <laughs> Nobody believes me, but it's it feels <laughs> like it could be a good story. I feel like that. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is to blame for so much. <laughs> let's be honest. I blame Branagh. That's that's all right. I hashtag I blame Branagh. Uh, but all right. Well, let's let's do some fake news, Chris. Let's just yeah. Why not? Here we go. Fake news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. So there's 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 not a much, there's not a lot of news, Chris. Um, uh, I will take this time to agree that substantive, substantive, substantive news items are very uh, thin on the ground this week. That will change because you know one hundred one's coming, Ghostbusting one hundred one and Ghostbusting one hundred coming out. We also have the Toy Fair, which is right. At, we're sort right of at that corner. calm before the storm, is, where a yeah. lot of stuff gets announced. March, March, is, I have a feeling is going to be crazy. This is an excellent time to tell people to, if you're not already following along on the various social medias, you should. Because even though you and I are only going to talk about, what, three, four yeah, there's things? only a couple of news items here on the rundown, yeah. There was some great stuff, like somebody's wedding cake, where uh was full-on answer the call. Yeah. It had the team, 
uh, Lady Slimer, Slimer, a building, Rowan busting through it, all in fondant. I think it was a birthday cake, actually, maybe not a wedding cake, but still. Still, that's that's pretty awesome. And there's fan a lot art, of there's stuff so much like great fan art that's going yeah. around, right? Like Paige Branson has a new piece that she put up, and Ooh, I missed that. Yeah, oh, it's great. She's got you know because she's got her very particular style, and uh, and, Which and one even was she not was she art. the one that did the big splash, the action splash? The she did, the yeah, she did the action splash, the one that kind of looks like the player select from like the Ninja Turtles arcade game with the four characters. Um, but we we didn't know what the packs looked like, so they were all wearing the old packs. Yeah, is that the one? Yeah, yes, that one. Okay, exactly. So <laughs> well, I'll have to see that. So the point is, is that even though you and I are going to talk about four things that kind of constitute a news item, uh, if if we were an evening 11 o'clock news or the nine o'clock news or whatever, uh, the world of ghostbusters has ample amounts of the water skiing chihuahua news items. <laughs> I was, was going to say the squirrel, but I'm glad the we squirrel. were on the same page with the, with the water skiing there. <laughs> the water skiing was, was, lo- was a lock. Yeah. Um, stuff that really, there's not much to talk about other than, you know, if, if we were a video one, we'd probably show it and stuff yeah, like that. But yeah, uh, but uh, we are we are an auditory podcast, so it's a little. Do difficult. not interpret yeah. this week as us going. Oh, there's nothing going on. There's lots going no. on. Yeah, and again, um, it, this is this is the. I'm I am 100 percent confident this is the calm before the storm. So uh, this will be a rarity. Um, but well, so okay, the the few couple of things that did happen this week, um, the Ghostbusters virtual reality app got a little bit of attention. Yes, uh, there was. I had no idea this existed until the article came out, but sure enough, it did. Uh, the Advanced Imaging and VR Society Awards. Uh, you know, apparently, you know, VR is sort of our next uh, shiny object. 3D was last year's shiny object. VR is this year's. Um, and so they, they held an award ceremony here in Los Angeles where a lot of places were, um, you know, applauded for their, uh, advancements in the technology and the experiences that they've been creating. And, uh, Ghostbusters actually got a, now, interestingly enough, I thought it was going to be for the void, but it was for the VR app that came out, uh, for the best Mm -hmm. film and TV tie-in. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering also maybe the PlayStation four version, which we have not been privy to which has not been released but we know is coming i wonder if that's what actually won this award but uh you know at any rate ghostbusters was represented at the vr awards uh, ivan reitman was there on hand he said uh, that finding new ways of telling a story in a really an exciting way can be challenging um and he loves seeing ghostbusters fans feel like they meet the characters through vr and it's a personal thrill to him so his direct quote is as a filmmaker it's remarkable to come across this evolution of filmmaking ivan sounds pretty excited about the virtual reality stuff uh do you think is it exciting or is it lip service i don't think so i think he i think he's genuinely into it you know he's I feel like Ivan is sort of at that point in his career where he doesn't have to do too many things. That's he's, true. He's at that Fair point, point where, you know, if he were, let me put it this way. If, if he were James Cameron and he had technical stake in the actual technology, like when Avatar came out and Cameron was talking about how amazing the 3D was, it makes a lot of sense because the 3D cameras were his uh, technology and he was trying yeah. to push that uh, through. But, you know, the VR thing... I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he, especially when like real Ghostbusters came out, you know, he wanted to bring things down to a, a younger audience and let like the, the kids sort of enjoy Ghostbusters because they latched onto it and it was something that was unexpected and they were, they were really tickled by it. So, 
Um, I, I feel like, I don't feel like this was lip service. I feel like this was actually pretty genuine. Um, now again, it's, it's a, it's soundbite culture. So he may have said a whole lot more and we're not, uh, getting to see or hear it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to see them getting a little bit of notoriety at that. The Ghostbusters VR app was fun, but I've actually been waiting for that PlayStation experience. That's, I feel like I want to do it properly. Um, but uh, and for those of you that are Cinefix fans, uh, I am holding in my hands the February 2017 issue, uh, and there's a whole section dedicated to VR. On Ghostbusters? No, no. And in fact, that's why I'm bringing it up, because there is no Ghostbusters love in Cinefix still, even in the virtual reality. So here's this thing that's winning awards. Cinefix doesn't even acknowledge it. They actually, they do make a point to make a Ghostbusters reference because the editors who cut the virtual reality experiences put the, the headsets on top of their head and they look like the ecto goggles. So they drop a <laughs> Ghostbusters reference there, but they don't even mention the Ghostbusters VR in the article. So Wow. I, I don't know what Ghostbusters did to Cinefix. I don't know if they're fighting. Maybe they had a big falling out. Maybe it was a big epic blowout at a movie theater on a bad date or something. And I don't know. But Cinefix just does not love Ghostbusters anymore. And it's it's kind of sad. Especially knowing that, that Don Shea and Jody Duncan were, you know, there from the start of things. It's, it's kind of yeah. sad to see. But uh, so at any rate, so yeah, virtual reality, um, you know, pretty cool. I don't. Like I, Chris, are, where do you stand on the virtual? Uh, like our good friend of the show, Ernie Klein. I heard him on the um, the Rebel Force Radio podcast a couple of weeks ago, and Ernie is obsessed with virtual reality. Like that yes. guy, uh, he's he's got all of the different goggles. He's got all of the headsets. He's got uh, friends that he hangs out in the virtual reality space. I haven't really latched onto it. Maybe it's just because, aside from going to the Void experience in in New York. Um, I, I really haven't experienced that great of virtual reality. I don't feel like the goggles do that much. Like the, the especially the um, the Google cardboard ones. I just yeah. don't feel like the the fidelity is there. The resolution isn't quite there. It's it's strange. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be tricky until things get a bit more HD. And I mean, I know it's it, it is at HD for some of the sets, but they're not. Cheap. Yeah. Um, well, I the PlayStation set is like six hundred bucks, right? How it's that as thing much is as expensive. buying the system itself, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, it uh, like I spent thirty bucks and I got myself. <laughs> I thought it was just a name brand I didn't recognize. It turns out it's that phenomena where some company in China makes a thing and then multiple companies slap their name on on it. Oh. Uh, because I saw the exact same goggles with different you know brand names all over Amazon, but uh, about thirty bucks, I picked it up, and it's the kind that you put your smartphone into. Yeah, and it just has the two mirrors that sort of split it in half, that kind of thing. Uh, it's just goggles, like yeah. it literally, it's literally uh, the stereoscopic right. uh, pictures. Um, it's fun, uh, and Thomas loved it because it, it doesn't allow you to run around much or anything like that. It's like, it's not like a you know, there's no movement system. I guess a couple of them, you can get Bluetooth, uh, especially on Android, you get Bluetooth little controllers. So certain games that allow you to move around, you can move around in them and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at your phone, even even Retina uh, resolu- retina display resolutions, nah, it's not great when it's right in front of your face. Yeah, it's and, right. And halved. Yeah, you're cutting it in half so, and it's two inches from your eyeballs. That's not really helping anybody out, but... 
it has a couple of drawbacks. One of them is that it'll it kind of suffer. Well, the price. Yeah. Because oh my god, yeah. if you thought uh, uh, Blu-ray 3D, like 3D televisions and all that, were a price point issue, as you said, it's like the price of getting a PlayStation 4 just to get the extra setup, the full setup with the the motion controller, hand controllers, and the goggles the and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, everything that you need. Yeah. So there's that. That's that's bad. Because that's kind of the one reason why um, uh, currently PCs kind of rule the, the world in terms of, of uh, market saturation. Because wow, it's a pretty penny to, to pick up a, a, a you know the new the current gen consoles. Yeah. Um, the other thing is is that it's even more uh, restrictive, like. <laughs> I know that these things are designed so that one person can go in and play the experience and other people can watch on the TV, which is kind of fun in much the same way that some people like to come over and watch their buddy play, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that. Or watch a Twitch stream. Yeah. It's it's not a multiplayer thing. If you want a multiplayer, you kind of, everybody's got to go home to their own system. It's... I don't know. It just and nothing's really. There's a few things that people that's really cool, and then when they're done, they're like, "That was really short." And now yeah, wait for the next yeah. thing. So again, the problem consoles have when they start is you need content. The content's not there yet. It's well, it's I, expensive. I mean, I think that's what the, yeah. the Cinefix article kind of gets into from what I was able to skim through. It's it's really difficult because you have to put all of this money into the development of the software, and you have to. Higher actors and everything is in CG and on 360 degree angle. So you've got to render it from all different perspectives and you've got to do the story and then you have to render all the different outcomes and it's, it's costly. It's, it's a lot of money. Now, uh, to, uh, defer to, uh, Ernie Klein there. Uh, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. If you ever read uh, his book, ready player one, and if yeah. you haven't, you should. Yeah. And if you don't like books, go get the audiobook because Will Wheaton reads it really well. Uh, and if you just can't abide by books, uh, it's being made into a movie. So hang tight. Yeah, you can but, watch a Steven Spielberg directed movie. <laughs> exactly. Go Ernie. Jeez. <laughs> he he uh, saw it as there, it, there would be tears. So it would get to the point where the world would be huge. Uh, he kind of saw it as Second Life-esque. Uh, but there would be like a government funded portion that was like, here's the schools. All kids get to go to school and in order to go to school. All you need is the headset and, you know, a, uh, a glove. So you could do your writing in the virtual classroom and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. really it didn't let you do much cause it was the, you know, lowest dollar, lowest price point. And then if you wanted to, you could move your way out into outside of these free areas where people were making content. So you could go to planets and it'd be a battle game or you go to another one and it's chess world or he didn't have a chess world. I just made that up off the top of my head, but uh, I like that though. That's pretty good. Yeah. And the people in interacting with these worlds could buy different levels of equipment. So you could, for example, again, go to the internet cafe and they'd have the computer terminals with, again, the basic setup, for basic interaction in these worlds or uh, some of these places had it. So you could rent the, the haptic rigs where you were basically sitting in a, you know, a seat, you know, so you could do arms and legs as well as the goggles to move around. 
but you didn't have a bodysuit. And then if you had the home unit, top of the line home unit, you had the the rig that you hung in and a bodysuit that gave you tactile information back and the, all that sort of thing. So it kind of it, it may be that as people pump more money into it and these things open that we may get to a point where you can come. It, it's kind of like if you want to be a gamer, you can get the dollar game on your phone or you can go all the way up to buying yourself a $600 PlayStation 4 in virtual reality. Oh, my God. It might be like that. Like you can kind of pick your entry point. Yeah. But the trick is, is his works because it's a persistent world with persistent content. Right. And yeah. we live in a world where it cycles. And not only that, it cycles, and when the new equipment comes along, it may not drag the old content with it. And then what do we do? So yeah, yeah, they gotta. They have the product life cycle. They have the yeah, capitalism. You gotta out with the old, in with the new. So, but I mean, it's it is exciting because it is something that's unexplored, yes. and it's it's a new venue. And and much in the same way to reiterate to reiterate what Reitman said. Reiterate what Reitman said. Wow, that's really difficult to say for some reason. Um, you know, it is, it's, it's a different avenue for filmmaking and storytelling and, and he can actually engage people in the story and imagine like, what if they do pump some money into this and it becomes like an MMO where we're all hanging out the firehouse together. You know, this podcast is, uh, instead of you listening on your phone or in your car, uh, we're all, we're all chatting and we're actually interacting with each other. That would be a lot of fun. So It, it could be a lot of fun. I, uh, uh, it's going to take a whole other let's put it this way the the people who are making content for it now are making the mistakes that need to be made which is to say yeah, yeah. there's so many weird considerations to take into account when you're making a VR story because with a movie the director is showing you exactly what you need to see <laughs> in a VR world and you're like hey grass and <laughs> you miss the action behind you like, like so yeah. then how do you cope with that or how do you force people to make sure they see it and if you force them to see it does that feel kind of stunted what's the flow of a story where you're like the story holds but you're going to spend 20 minutes staring at a picture on the wall do you know what i mean like where's the pacing if it's not in the control of the people who told you the story do you then have a character come up and say stop looking at the goddamn picture and turn around like it's just there's so many questions that's got to be tested yeah. i will say this though just because i like being a sarcastic clever boots is uh my son and i went to mcdonald's uh the lego movie is out the lego batman movie yes yes and the first toy they put out is it's a bat mask that you hold in front of your face with little cardboard uh stereoscopic pictures oh really and you, like you a look view, through it. view master kind of thing or yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's cardboard. It's not like film like the, the Viewmaster one was. Right. Uh, and it looks better than my VR headset. Like <laughs> when I put my phone into the VR headset, I'm like, yeah, this is clever, but it's very pixelated. And then I put this Batman in it. Like, it's Batman and Robin, and they're right there. <laughs> they're not moving, obviously. I know that. Yeah, but, but, it's... Because, but it's perfect. They got They printed a perfect clear color bright picture and put it in front of my eyes and i'm like that looks amazing just like a Viewmaster. let's put it this way Viewmaster is still thrilling that's very no true end. yeah and because <laughs> it's it is it's cellul- it's celluloid film and uh i don't know there's something about it but so uh anyway yeah vr uh sport of the future like kickboxing um let's move <laughs> on to uh and and robo jocks and robo jocks oh man robo jocks that movie's awesome uh <laughs> 
Annie Potts, our, our good friend Annie Potts, uh, cast in a new CBS pilot opposite of Chris DiStefano. Um, well, and it's called DiStefano, so she it sounds like she's playing a supporting role. Uh, but we don't know if it's going to be picked up. I know that DiStefano has been trying to get a project off the ground on TV for a few years now, so uh, not quite sure. I'm also I keep saying DiStefano like I know who he is. I don't really know who he is. Do you know who he is, Chris? I didn't watch Benders. Uh, That's the only thing that he's really known for. What show? Benders. Ooh, no. Yeah. Uh, it's quite possible. I have a very excellent brain for faces, so if you show me a picture, I might go, yeah, that oh, guy. Okay. At any rate, maybe uh, you'll get I to see him on Annie Potts' new show. Uh, so we, you know, probably for, not because I ditched cable. Oh well, it'll be it'll be broadcast. It'll be okay. on. I mean, if it's CBS, it should be broadcast. But uh, so yeah, we'll, I make no promises. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Hope that that show gets picked up so that uh, Chris can see what this guy looks like and confirm <laughs> if he knows him or not. Uh, let's see. Adam Savage did a TED talk on cosplay. Um, he did, which I, I haven't had a chance to watch, but I guess a couple of ghost heads are featured in it or, or photographed or what, how does they, how did the ghost heads factor into this? Chris, do you know, I have to watch the full video, but somebody pulled stills, uh, and presented on Imgur, which is, you know, the, the future of Cole's notes is people on Imgur distilling something down into, eight small animated gifts with with impact font Here's all uh, you need subtitles. to know yeah uh but it was to talk about cosplay uh you know he pointed out it's not costuming it's cosplay well what's the difference and he related some stories and, and in talking about it he he his initial thesis was costuming is just dressing up as a thing cosplay is where the costumer gets to take real control with it, which is why we see so many mashup things and stuff like that. Like there is no limit to, to, to cosplay. Costuming is one thing you dress up as a particular thing. Cosplay is where you take it to the next level and you start mixing and matching and altering and tweaking and revising and all this. And one of the pictures they had was a pair of, uh, lady ghost heads who were dressed up, uh, as real ghostbusters. Uh, which was really great. It was yeah. a really good looking picture. And the trick is, is I don't know who they are. Oh, so <laughs> we haven't ID'd them yet either. That's, uh, nobody's, nobody's spoken uh, up on, on my thing. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're so. out there and you're listening, uh, chime in, let us know that that was you guys. But, uh, now, now we know Adam Savage is a Ghostbusters fan, so I have no doubt that's probably why he stumbled into it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And to the point that he, you know, created his own, uh, proton pack, like we've all done or, for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, Got a little help from some of the people out there that are probably listening, and yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff. So go go check it out. I mean, I love those TED talks, especially when it's people like an Adam Savage or you know someone yeah. that you love to hear kind of their perspective on the world. Uh, that's a that's a good one to go check out. If you like uh, like if you kind of stopped at MythBusters, but you like MythBusters, that's good. If you watch his tested. Which is, for example, he did the the ghost trap on. I believe we talked about at yes, one point. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't think he did his proton pack there, but he did the uh, uh, like an actual working smoking trap uh, on one episode. Um, that's kind of him now. Like the MythBusters Adam is kind of fading away, and now in my head I see uh, current age Adam and that workshop of his in the background, like yeah. which they use as the set. Like it's it's kind of him. Those two are now together. The MythBusters sets and all that's kind of gone away that's old this is the new thing and he um that was a fanboy yeah if you watch those you get to see a bunch of stuff i guess he there was a bit in the middle where he talked quite a bit about his hellboy costume which was great uh and then he wrapped up on uh again 
to try to to delineate between costuming and cosplay is he um, uh, talked about his no face. Uh, are you a Ghibli Studio fan? You must be. I I've, I have vague knowledge of the Studio Ghibli stuff. Uh, Did you see Spirited Miyazaki Away? And I, yeah, I've seen yeah. Spirit Away. Yeah. So remember, No Face was the 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 that greed creature that right. showed up and caused yeah. havoc, right? Yeah. So he made uh, a No Face costume, which is great, and he'd stop for pictures with people. And his clever little thing was, is he had like chocolate gold coins. And so his hands would be empty when they take the picture, but he he had a you know slight magiciany way of reaching into his folds and pulling out a, a chocolate gold coin, and he'd give it to the people that he had his picture taken with because No Face was throwing out gold nuggets right. everywhere, yeah. and people were thrilled by this. But then he noticed throughout the day, you know, one in ten people or whatever would give it back to him, and he was confused and he couldn't see very well through his mask. He wasn't quite sure what's going on. And then it occurred to him. Everybody who got gold from No Face suffered misfortune. In the thing. <laughs> so some people would refuse to take his gold chocolate coin. So his whole point is, is that's a step away from just you know viewer and costumer. This is moving into a realm of performer and a really intimate yeah. interaction with the people that you're performing for. Really, so it was. It was good. TED Talks is great anyways, but this one, I mean, obviously kind of uh, falls in our wheelhouse and uh, extra special because, yeah, I, I, Ghost Ted said maybe I should know. Again, it's maybe it's like uh, what's-his-name's TV show, but if they went, oh, no, we're part of Salt Lake, I'd be like, right. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I didn't recognize you as you were dressed up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, in your defense, uh, you know, a lot of the cosplayers, including these guys, they go all out, they put the wigs on, they've got the glasses oh, yeah. and the makeup. And so even if you did know them, there's a good chance that you wouldn't recognize them to begin with. So um, exactly. Yeah. Ryan Dole puts on sunglasses. No Don't know idea who that guy him. is. Yeah. yeah. He disappears. That guy's a chameleon, just, Ryan Dole. Just instantly looks like a douche. <laughs> That's inside baseball, people. Inside baseball. Hey, uh, we'll have, inside, we'll have one to account for himself. Let's let's talk some other inside baseball because there. So sure. again, knowing that the the rundown was a little light this week, I was kind of trolling around, seeing seeing what everybody was talking about, and as happens from time to time, I guess. Okay, so let me put it this way, Chris. Uh, we have been talking about Ghostbusters on this podcast almost a hundred episodes now, uh, <gasps> but on top of that. Um, f- for like 20 plus years, uh, on the internet, um, and 30 plus years before the internet. So, uh, there are yeah. a lot of discussion topics that seem to always come up. Like what's that song that plays when, uh, Ray and Winston are on the bridge heading back to headquarters. Well, that's the Elmer uh. Bernstein score. Like the same sort of conversations happen all the time. Uh, yep. I did find one on GB fans that I, <laughs> I particularly liked, and I wanted to bring it up on the show because I think you and I could have a conversation about it. Um, somebody posed the question, what happened to 55 Central Park West after the events of the first Ghostbusters film? And it, and I know that they allude to it a little bit in the video game, and um, there was a line of deleted dialogue uh, that kind of explained more uh, in Ghostbusters 2, and even Winston says we blew the first five floors off of a high-rise, but <laughs> nobody ever really says what happened to that building afterwards. And so I kind of got to thinking, you know, like if somebody, and this is going to sound morbid, but if somebody dies in an apartment and you are a tenant moving into that apartment, you are legally told 
you, you have to tell that tenant that somebody died in that apartment. You have to disclaim that to the person that is going to be leasing that apartment from you. What do yeah. you tell a prospective tenant at 55 Central Park West? Uh, well, so there was this whole demigod thing that happened on the roof. Uh, it exploded. Uh, Marshmallow Man. But but the rent is great. You have a great view of Central Park. Um, you can walk up to Columbus Circle. Uh, also, a bunch of people almost died here. Uh, but, uh, you know, take a look around. Let me know if you have any questions. What a weird thing to have to do to rent out those apartments after that. And I'm sure they rebuilt I, it. It's it's New York real estate. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think if you actually see it in the background in Ghostbusters 2 at any point. Well, I think Winston's uh, exaggerating a bit. Because yeah, really yeah. what they, they blew out was her corner apartment. And we see that quite clearly. Oh, I don't know. That explosion makes it look like they blew off half the building. Like the, the pyrotechnics... Again, we've we've talked about it in our commentary, Chris. But really, they yeah. should not have survived that explosion. Like that that is that's a ridiculous explosion. Yeah, but that's rooftop. That's I roof mean, we can start digging, and it falls like it starts begging well, a bunch of questions. An explosion that big, did surrounding buildings take damage? Did windows smash in? Was anybody hurt? Well, the, I mean, the church the was completely lay. crushed. But yeah, church some was windows crushed. had to have been. Well, the street was torn up. I mean, this is this is not like Ghostbusters answer the call when the the villain gets sucked into the portal and everything just magically rebuilds itself. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of damage here. Well, let's start with the beginning. So they shot their high energy particle streams into an extra dimensional portal in the hopes of and the doors. Uh, like, yeah, close. Re- reversing the polarity, closing the doors, that that kind of thing. Right. So my question starts there. You've got a rooftop antenna. I guess actually when we see the explosion that we saw was the explosion of the doors with no energy to open behind them, which is why when they're like uh, Winston's I Love This Town, you can suddenly see through the 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 archway. Right. It, it blew up that portal essentially. Yeah. yeah. So what you've got is a very uh, – gothic you know, uh, sandstone gazebo on the, on the roof now. Um, but again, okay, so let's start there. So my first question was, is like, I, I thought like, yeah, you close, it's like closing the door on Jason. Unless you lock it, he's just going to open the damn thing again. But I guess <laughs> if you blow the doors out after messing with the charge, so it doesn't matter if the thing's laced with tungsten alloy and all that, it doesn't matter what it's there. Okay. So there begs another question. If it's still focusing energy, yeah, isn't the portal well, still there? Like, okay. Well, no, because the doors are gone. So there's some suggestion that there is like a physical mechanism, like uh, not 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 as in a machine, but they have this vessel and door that if you can pump energy into it, you can open a gate to another dimension. Okay. If all those doors are blasted out and just you just have this crazy gargoyle covered you know picnic area on the roof. I don't think you can open the door again, but the energy still being pumped in. Like, does that mean if somebody goes onto the roof, they get zapped or yeah, possessed well, or, or how fall about, into another right. dimension? Or? Hi- hypothetical situation. Uh, New York City, real estate at a premium. A lot of those buildings now, like the hotels, the apartment buildings, uh, they have rooftop pools. So, all right. So on, at the top of 55 Central Park West, they put in this beautiful kidney shaped pool that has like uh-huh. Shea lounge chairs all around it. And just v- uh, very serene. There's even maybe a wet bar. 
Um, you know, there's the kind of like trendy house music pumping in through all of the uh, like outdoor speakers. Very, very yeah. New York City rooftop. Um, haven't they built a vessel for like, can Gozer just emerge from that swimming pool now? Like that's, that could be, uh, what if they build it out of a tungsten alloy? What if that becomes the door? What if, what yeah. if water can act in the same way as the conduit as the doors did? Oops. Sorry, everybody. Possibly. You brought back Gozer. Yeah, that's quite possible. But Hey, martinis are on the house. Never got solved. Never got Don't solved. scratch that that itch you never know what you know it'll never heal if you just keep scratching at it uh then we move down okay so next is out those are some pretty heavy massive stone doors and as we can see eight of them blew out four faces of that thing blew outwards yep yeah so massive stone chunks into nearby buildings and the streets below and and all of the decorative ornamentation, like the gargoyles and stuff that have fallen, that f- that dropped mm-hmm. earlier, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so that's wow, that's a mess. Uh, and I got to think that some people got hurt in that uh, giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man who is liquefied, liquid marshmallow. That's that's scalding. <laughs> it's scalding, and it gets everywhere. So there's liquid marshmallow all over however many stories of that building. Well, have you ever do you have you done any candy making? Uh, I n- no, I can't say that well, I have. Most not marshmallow per se, but most every candy is made from uh, corn syrup, sugar, and water in a certain proportion, and then heated heated to a particular temperature. Uh, at a low point, it's soft and kind of malleable. Uh, and at a higher point, it gets kind of brittle and caramelized and all that and very hot. It doesn't matter, though, because I think the soft one is 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's going to give you a small zap. Now, if you think about a marshmallow in a campfire, so marshmallows have a nice rigidity. Let's uh, see. What rabbit hole have you opened up here, Troy? This is great. I mean, I I burned myself on a s'more once, and I wanted to know why, so we're we're going to explain it here. Stay Puff, we see his face melt off. He doesn't have an internal skeleton. He's being held up by uh, magic uh, and fluffy goodness. Whatever, you know. Again, I don't think the engineering holds up. If you build a, a marshmallow man, I think he's just going to squash into himself. But let's just say he can do that. But the point is, is it's got like a marshmallow rigidity to it. And then you melt it like you see in a campfire. In order for it to retain that soft liquidy thing that is hot like and it it stayed hot then in theory all the way down to the ground because remember it drenched um heck yeah so he's got some burns he's got some serious burns burns. and the reason i brought up the candy thing is if you ever dropped like like uh uh even simple syrup like you make yourself a simple syrup when it's hot and boiling and all that if you ever get a little bit on yourself that's gonna burn well yeah so he's burnt. Anybody else that fell on is burnt, which is also begs the question, then three of the Ghostbusters should be suffering burns, but we see they're not, so maybe something else going on. I don't know. Fangman lucked out. Um, boy, I don't know. And then, yeah, I'll just the uh, uh, whatever uh, Zool, Zuli's uh, telekinetic expression to the world where she blew out the wall of uh, her apartment again, more debris. That's yeah. an even weirder one. Yeah. Like not a weirder one. Sorry. Let me, let me be very careful with my words here. 
that's an even more interesting one because that happened before everything kicked off, meaning that's just a New York street below with cars going by and people walking and all that. And her, the brick side of her apartment blew outwards <laughs> onto a, a street. A lot of debris. Below. Yeah. A lot of debris. It's not like the, the cops had cordoned everybody off, which they did badly for the sake of framing in the camera. <laughs> like, stay on the other side of the street. That's not going to help. No. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Because we know that these days they would cordon you off, like, you know, down the block on either side. Like, out front for, you know, eight, the running distance would be clear in front of it. Um, so there's, there's a lot of street-level damage. There's, there's street all level of this, the debris and all of the molten marshmallow that's fallen on the streets. There's... The, obviously, the, the earthquakes that have made the street buckle, and you've got a cop car yeah. that's now uh, subterranean. Uh, so that in itself probably took a good chunk of time. That probably took a good year or two for them to clean up. Then they have to rebuild the building. So they're rebuilding the side of the stuff that all fell down. They're checking for structural integrity. They're making sure that nothing is... Uh, yeah. unsafe for people to now be inhabiting that building. So that probably takes some time. They have to do some remodeling. Uh, if you can replace it. Now, now again, you've stepped into deco. another well here. Yeah. When, yeah. when, a, when a, a gargoyle like that, a historical gargoyle, falls off a building, assuming it got smashed, can you restore it? Or is somebody going to have to re, like, like, replicate yeah, it? Does that be replicated? Because it's probably historic. I mean, they said it's Art yeah. Deco, so, you know, do so they, they have to they make it authentic? Yeah, they want to retain the look. But now the trouble is you've got to find an expert that can make it. And that takes time to find right, okay. and vet so there's and plan year and approve. Or two, at least. Um, uh, all right. Well, now, the simplest part of this, the simplest part of this whole thing, quite honestly, is where you opened up with is her apartment. Because right. that's obviously not a load-bearing wall. <laughs> so you <laughs> no. just... You just brick that up on the patio again, re- repair the, the side of her, you know, that, it's easy enough. That's a, that's a clean repair. Yeah. That reno will take three months tops and it's done. And then, yeah, if you rent it out to somebody, assuming she's not there anymore, which we know she's not by the second movie, uh, if they did have to tell anybody, I think it's easy enough that they just say somebody brought a cougar to a party and went nuts and then you're done. <laughs> and you're done. And also these stairs go up to the rooftop pool now. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got your private entrance to the rooftop pool. All right. Uh, you, you're probably asking yourself, why is it such a good price? 55 Central Park West, view... Why is it so cheap? Okay, two things. One, uh, yeah, the access to the pool, uh, so your kitchen is only half-sized because it's right there. Uh, two, no bathroom. Yeah, no you bathroom. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> some did. lady got possessed here, but we don't ask questions <clears throat> about that. All right, so here's the lease. If you want to sign that, there's a first and last month's rent is due. Well, here's okay, here's the question, Chris. Would you rent... Know. I don't know if you're into feng shui or anything, but don't put a chair right here. <laughs> they have a tendency to spin around and fling themselves at the fridge. <laughs> right out the door. Uh, <laughs> do you do you think you would rent that apartment? Knowing knowing full well what happened there, if you were living in the Ghostbusters world, would you be like, oh yeah, I'll totally go, I'll live in Spook Central. Why not? Um, it's a great location. Do you think it's a strata building? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. See, if it's a strata building, Dana owns it. 
there is a strata to maintain the building. She probably got charged for the repair of the front of her thing. It probably didn't come out of strata or anything like that, but strata probably took care of it because of course they have to make sure it's all in the, you know, it's all good and stuff like that. Um, but the thing is, if it's she owns it outright, meaning the question is on Dana. I'm assuming Dana would not. Hmm. But does that mean that she has a mortgage? Like she's paying two mortgages? Maybe she's renting the other place. Oh, it is maybe. a smaller place. Yeah, or you know, maybe uh, she cashed in on the insurance settlement and bought the that new is true. place because it's a pretty nice place. Let's be honest. Also, I think it shows up in an Evanescence video. Don't ask me how I know that, but. It's one of those yeah. weird things when you're like sitting at Rock and Brews eating dinner and you go, wait, is that Dana's apartment? <laughs> uh, oh, possibly. If it's up to Dana, I, God, the financial cost is probably a kick in the butt. But uh, how did she? Well, I mean, but that that assumes that she could afford it. She was a cellist. Like, how did she afford it in the first place? That's the other thing. Well, too. That's a, we just all assume she's world class. Like we never, I mean, she's with a, a world-class Philharmonic, uh, so I don't know what they pay them there. It's probably not bad, but uh, I don't know. Borderline Yo-Yo Ma? I don't know. All right. Well, she was okay. Maybe. So she's world-renowned and she makes she's a lot of money. And- within the questionable reality of these two movies, she must have some money for whatever reason because uh, under this hypothetical we've set up, she lost the one building uh has not sold it we're suggesting uh has to undertake the financial whatever of getting a new place and whatever was left over of the first place and she said and maybe i'll raise a child by myself <laughs> that makes good financial sense Let's it do totally this. does well you know uh Louis oh, this is hard. Is her financial analyst so uh, this is hard so maybe all oh, right i'll hire a nanny there good <laughs> done that's i have the money why not <laughs> sure to make it rain uh, I, I don't have any other answer i'm assuming it's up to her yeah. it's hers okay so all right whether it gets rented or sold or she sold it and somebody else had to buy it so all right so let's let's pose this question to our listeners out there uh you are a prospective tenant to either buy or rent an apartment in 55 central park west would you do it would you guys actually sign on the dotted line and live in that building knowing full well what happened and also the risks that you might be taking with your own life or possible possession? Would you guys do it? Hit us up on the voicemail line or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter because I'm very curious to hear if you guys would want to live in this building. I mean, assuming let's, let's assume that they did rebuild it and renovate it and it's still there. Would you yeah. live in 55 Central Park West? You know, Dana is such a pragmatist. I'd have to assume that after the first couple of times of uh, ethically, morally explaining to people, look, I got possessed by a Sumerian uh, helper demon, <laughs> turned into a dog, uh, and we the world was nearly destroyed. So just fair warning. After the first two or three times of people going, what the hell are you talking about? She just has it down to, look, I got possessed and the roof of the building blew up. You know, I know it sounds crazy. I'm just telling you. 
Uh, you want well, it or honey, not? I think we've seen all that we need to see here. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for showing us the apartment. We'll we'll be yeah. in touch. No, well, don't I call th- us. We'll call you. I, thank you. I, Bye. I, I, th- I think, yeah, someone will be like that. I think also part of it, she's like, yeah, I know you think I'm kidding, whatever. I just had to tell you. I'm done now. Do what you want. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's the art. It's the uh, uh, the poltergeist argument. Like, all right, you built it on an Indian burial ground, and you didn't tell us. You know, uh, you built this on an ancient Sumerian uh, ritual site, and you didn't tell us. They moved the gravestones, but they didn't move the bodies. Um, I don't. <laughs> it's a very good question. I like I said. I think it could all be written off to someone brought a cougar to a party. It went berserk. I think that's, that really covers yeah. everything in New York. Actually, I think people in New York would be more inclined to believe that, as proven as proven by the cop. Hey, officer, what's going on? Some moron brought a cougar to a party and went berserk. And everybody goes, yeah, oh, that makes yeah, sense. Right, that makes total sense. <laughs> hey, New York City, what a town. So, so yeah, I think that flies even like better than, uh, yeah, uh, supernatural being. What do you want me yeah. to say? Yeah, exactly. Easier to explain. So, all right, well, tell us what you guys are feeling out there. Call in or uh, hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Hey Chris, it was a it was a light week, um, and we're at an hour and a half again. How did we do this? I don't understand. We like to talk. I guess, man. That's what we do. That's we just gotta stay for. limber. This is this is the calisthenics. To <laughs> we're keep still us limber. We're stretching our muscles for when we have to do four shows in a week, like we did uh, <laughs> last July. Yeah. No, this is fun. Like. You and I forget that when we started, we did a lot more of this look at a an area of the fandom or a topic or a question or something like that. And it was only as we got closer to the movie and then when the, the you know, basically the entire year of the movie. Yeah, it was just, just all news, constantly Taken news. over by yeah. that. So we're kind of back to where we were before, which is, yeah, we can kind of kick well, around these yeah. crazy little ideas. A little discussion I, topic, I, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, after having that previous conversation there, I kind of want to go, I think, I seem to recall there was an article where somebody worked out the the damage caused. <laughs> the, the dollar amount in damage? The dollar I, amount? I really remember yeah. that as well, yeah. I don't know how much they broke it down. The other thing is, is and I think you and I kicked this around before, is that we need to find somebody, uh, <laughs> some sort of uh, civil legal uh, expert to... Uh, maybe help us run through the <laughs> the particulars of the fallout of the first movie that's it yeah let's see we'll get a, a real estate uh like an insurance adjuster or a real estate lawyer or somebody oh, on the show to, yeah. uh, to talk to us about that 
Let's do that. That's a good idea. Uh, we do have some fun guests coming up here. You, uh, you guys are in for a, a, a couple of good treats here in the next two weeks, but um, but we're not going to say anything more about that. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. Going to tease you guys a little bit, but uh, until then, we need to get some final thoughts from Mr. Chris Stewart. Chris, do you have any final thoughts this week? I'm tired. Um, uh, no, my final thought actually amounts to uh, it's a small one, and actually, I it occurs to me now that I almost could have floated it in the news area, but um, we kind of I don't know. Did we talk about on any of the episodes before that? Uh, uh, not the Ghostbuster ones, but some of the early um, uh, Lego Dimensions figure packs have started showing oh, up for in the discount stores no we we yeah. kind of touch on that but we i think we opted not to really talk about it because because the ghostbusters, well, ghostbusters hadn't yet. showed up yeah i yeah. was a little concerned that this might mean like might herald the uh you know trouble for lego dimensions but two things one lego batman going back to that huge oh yeah making uh, a killing at the box commercial office right now. yeah yeah but a, they run a massive lego dimensions commercial at the beginning featuring the the the, the latest update of it which in, so they show uh the answer the call ghostbusters and the multiplayer action and all that uh so i'm like yeah okay that's good so they're still throwing money at it too a couple of lego again thanks to the ghostbusters lego uh stuff that came out last year I started following some on Twitter. Uh, one of them, uh, what were they called? Probably had Brick in the name. That doesn't really narrow it down. But so my apologies to whoever posted it. But yeah, uh, one of the Brick Lego fan, news sites, yeah, Brick Fan or something like that. They they posted uh, a picture of uh, a Beetlejuice oh. and a Powerpuff Girl. Oh. Okay, so there complete, are more sets coming complete out. Complete with the stands, meaning and not just sets, more sets coming out. Some pretty high-profile stuff, too. So they licensed Beetlejuice, which is, you know, uh, I don't know if it's huge, but it's not tiny either. And an active uh, Cartoon Network yeah, uh, yeah. license, too. Now, that's not to say it doesn't really speak to anything about more Ghostbusters stuff coming out, but I, I see it as a really positive indication that I think what happened is that first-generation stuff they kind of figured out their their sales point it's still good they can still put these things out this but they know how much not to over make if that yeah, makes any sense maybe they, yeah they over uh, overproduced the first because it is it's all the first series stuff it's like it's Simpsons all the first series and stuff. The, yep. like, the lego movie uh sets and not yeah like not even not even like the second wave of the first series yeah. and all that. it's literally yeah. some of those first boxes ghostbusters was not in that set which is probably why we haven't seen it but yeah that's oh, my only real final thought is um i was kind of concerned about what that meant uh, especially in the wake of uh disney infinity right uh cashing in and all that. Like, yeah. we're done uh yeah it sounds like uh <laughs> what <laughs> what are we talking about right like this disney infinity got shut down because disney uh you know it, it picked up uh uh was it star wars and marvel and has been retooling itself accordingly ever since yeah whereas yeah. lego just won't stop growing so it's, it's kind of like no we got what is it now two movies coming out this year because ninja go is the next yeah. one yeah there's that one and then lego batman just came out lego yeah. batman and, and lego, keep... Mo- lego movie 2 on the horizon at some point exactly. probably a couple years out yeah so again nothing <laughs> that's some that's some 
straight up Disney action. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like they're they're actually going, yeah, at least one a year. Yeah. Uh, so I can't imagine uh, it, if they have this game going. Oh, and that's the other thing. No spoilers for anybody who's. Uh, all right, stop listening if if you haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, but. Um, the reason, obviously, after the fact, once you, you see it, you understand. The reason they run the Lego Dimensions is it's not just the Batman Lego universe. It's this expanded universe. They right. reference all of these different licenses they have. No Ghostbusters references. Sorry. But uh, the point is, is that <laughs> the Batman world is set up as if it's a table in another basement or something like that as opposed to the Lego movies world which is a table in Will Ferrell's basement but there is this kind of this expanded Lego universe and whatever sets the people can buy in the real world can be bought by the unseen users in the uh, the builders I guess that's what Lego calls them in the uh, in the in the movies and to that end, yeah, it, it, it like I said, I was a little worried because two weeks ago we got wind that they're selling these off at ninety nine cents, and now it looks like it was just, um, you know, uh, yeah, manufacturing overstock, overstock yeah. Yeah. and they've got it dialed in, and they're not stopping. There's more coming. Yeah, there's more coming, which is good news. And uh, you know, more for those of us, I'm hoping that some of the Ghostbuster sets will be at the ninety nine cent store, just because I'm a thrifty little booger and I want to pick them up for ninety nine cents. But that's beside the point. But uh, so yeah, yeah, more Lego Dimensions. Go see Lego Batman. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, next week uh, you will be hearing uh, not Ira Glass on this Ghostbusting Life. You will not be hearing Chris and myself, but uh, we will return the week following for another rousing adventure here in Ghostbusters podcasting land. So for Chris Stewart and Which myself, me. sorry, <laughs> I stepped on you. I'm sorry. No, what were you, you going to say? I was going to say, which means it's a guarantee that this week is going to be chock full of news. Chock full of news. Yeah, we're going to come back with another two-hour episode. But, uh, yeah, so so anyway, yeah, for for Chris and myself, we'll see you guys on the other side for that two-hour news cycle. Here here it goes. (laughs) Bye, guys. Who you going to call? We got it! Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Slimer, the little Slimer with the hello. Need to say what? Yes, it's it's that you're finally going to bed. No, no I figured. I'm talking to Troy, and we need to record, which means you can't be here, buddy. And why do I just press Skype? I'm on Skype already. No, press Skype and. You see what it does. It is Skype. See, it says Skype. <laughs> you mean, pr- oh, press Skype like that? Yeah. Anyways, little man, are you supposed to be in bed? Yeah. Do you want to take him upstairs with you? Yeah. Do you want to take him to bed with you tonight? Yeah. I'm asking you a serious question. Blah, 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 okay. Blah. All right. That's enough. Off to bed. Come on. Blah.
No, I'm not kidding. 